Good evening, everyone. Welcome to our live broadcast. So we're skipping right ahead tonight. We're at the... Well, this is one that I've, I've given many talks. I've given talks on many times. The Dhamma Vihari Suttas, two of them. In Guru Tranikaya Book of Fives, 73 and 74. So the idea is what makes a person, what makes a Dhamma fair, one who lives by the Dhamma. Dhamma could mean here the Buddha's teaching, it could mean righteousness, it could mean truth, reality. Reality is probably the best all around Buddhist definition of the word. But it may just mean who follows the Buddha's teaching. Who can really be said to be living by them, by the Buddha's teachings? Right? Um, and it's a religious question. What, what do you? How do you define a, a true Buddhist? Maybe a good way of does, um, explaining this idea. A monk comes up to the Buddha and says he's heard this word, Dhammavihari, Dhammavihari, Tibante, Ucchati. They say it is said, Dhammavihari, one who lives or dwells. <coughs> in fact, it may be one who dwells in the Dhamma, because Vihara. No, that's not true. Vihara can mean dwell in. Vihara means a dwelling. So Vihari, one who has a dwelling of Dhamma, in the Dhamma, by the Dhamma. The word Vihari is often used to describe the way someone lives their lives, the way someone passes their time, the way someone is. So like in the Satipatthana Sutta, Atapi Sampachano Satima, no, wait, Kaye Kaya Nupasi Viharati, the same word, Viharati, he dwells, he or she dwells, being mindful of the body in the body. So in the Satipatthana Sutta, the description of mindfulness is dwelling, being mindful of the body in, in regards to the body, feelings in regards to feelings. That's how one dwells. <coughs> so Dhammavihari could mean uh, one who dwells righteously or, or dwells in, in those things that the Buddha proclaimed as good productive, necessary, beneficial. One who lives on the path. The idea being and the implication being that uh, there are many types of quote-unquote Buddhists who aren't actually living by the Dhamma, aren't actually true Buddhists. In, in a higher sense that there might even be a we could say a hierarchy of Buddhists because well if you want to call yourself Buddhist fine but it's not just because you call yourself Buddhist doesn't mean you're actually living by the Buddhist teaching so I've given talks on these many times before I'm not going to go into great detail especially because I have no meditators here tonight my last meditator ran away I let him. I let him use the phone. 
which is a big mistake. If you come for a meditation course, one thing we have to remind meditators is all, and we have to stress this, all your affairs have to be in order before you come. Because then you come to us halfway through the course and ask to call and say, you know, you have to arrange this, have to arrange that. And as soon as you make contact with the outside world, something comes up. You hear about something. And then your practice is ruined. You just become obsessed with that outside thing. So that's what happened today. I made a mistake and let this meditator who said, Oh, it's just going to be a short call. Just got to let my parents know where I am. Robin pointed out I should have had him send a text. Of course, if I'd been thinking, if I'd been smart, I would have had him send a text or an email. No phone. So that's going to be a rule from now on. Find a one-way communication. Even email, you know. People will send an email, but then they'll open their email inbox and they'll see a subject of a... Something's happened and they'll, they'll have to go home to deal with their life unfortunate because the opportunities to come and meditate are few and far between. This person may never have this opportunity again. Nonetheless, so we are going to go through these five, five candidates for one who dwells by the Dhamma, lives by the Dhamma. So we have five types of people. We have the first type of person learns thoroughly Paryapunati Paryapunati learns thoroughly gains mastery over the Dhamma Oh, this sounds like a good candidate, right? He's learned the Dhamma. He or she has gained thorough understanding of the Dhamma. Well, a scholar, uh, into intellectual uh, knowledge of the Dhamma. So maybe they've memorized the Dhamma. That's really what it usually refers to, as having memorized, but not only memorized, but gained an intellectual understanding of it. So being able to argue and debate as well is all included there, I would say. Let's at least say they've memorized the Dhamma. That's the first person. The Sutta, the Gaya, the Vyakarana, the Gatha, the Udana, the Itivuttaka, the Jataka, the Abhuta Dhamma, and the Vedala. These are the, the original nine-fold classification of the Dhamma. Just as a side note, if you're interested, in the Buddha's time there was no Tipitika. They don't use the, didn't use the word Tipitika. They didn't think of the Buddha's teaching as being three three baskets. The Buddha himself refers to refers to his teaching as uh, Sutta, Geya, Vyakarana, Gata, Udana, Itivuttaka, Jataka, Abhuta Dhamma, Vedala. Ninefold, nine different types. And so the commentary tries to explain these, and you know, some of them are those just w verses, some of those that <coughs> are prose followed by verse, 
some of those that are specific types of verse or specific types of teachings and uh, altogether they make up the different ways that the Buddha taught Jataka is the past life stories, Itivuttaka is um, references to, th to things that were said by the Buddha I mean it's a specific type of teaching So this person memorizes all of them, and they memorize all of them, and become fully proficient in the Buddhist teaching. And, and then, then what do they do? Well, having memorized the, the Dhamma, divasang atinamiti, they let the days go by. Rinchati patisalanang salanang. They leave behind, abandon, neglect seclusion. They don't think to go into seclusion. Nanu yunjati ajatang jeto samatang. They don't dedicate themselves to inner tranquility of mind. And uttarichasa panyaya atang na pajanati. We've got some problems here. There are many things that they don't do. Uttari means uttarichasa panyaya atang na pajanati. They don't gain a higher understanding of the meaning of the Dhamma with wisdom. Four things they don't do. Such a person is called one who is full of knowledge. Not a Dhammavihari. Pariyati Bahulo. No Dhammavihari. Not one who dwells by the Dhamma. So a good example here we have uh, Tucha Potila. The story, and I always with this one, I would tell the story of Tucha Potila, this monk who knew the whole Tipitaka, he knew all the Buddha's teachings, and uh, or he would know these nine types of dhammas. He was this this sort of monk. But he was very proud, and so the Buddha called him empty book to humble him, and it eventually made him realize that he had actually gained nothing from the dhamma. And so he went off and meditated. Second type of person learns all the Dhamma, yes. Yatha suttang, yatha pariyattang dhammang vita rena paresang deseti. They then teach that Dhamma to others. Mm, so they've got something better. They don't just learn all the Dhamma, they teach it to others. But they don't do all those other things. Clearly that's what's going to be important. This is not important. There are people, another story of a monk who taught all his students to become enlightened and he himself didn't practice, didn't become enlightened. He was an ordinary worldling. Finally one of his students had enough and came and humbled him by display of magical powers and the teacher, same thing, realized he had gotten nothing and he went off into the forest and 
became enlightened. So this type of person is called Panyati Bahulo no Damuihari. Panyati means Panyati means uh, the ability to uh, proclaim or make clear, make known is uh, has a strength or greatness of that much has much banyati much teaching not one of these by the Dhamma another type of person yatha sutang yatha priyatang the things that they've heard the things that they've learned dhammang vittarena sajjhayankaroti They uh, they chant it. They recite the teachings, or maybe you could say they repeat the teachings. Uh, this is more of a monk thing. You won't find this. Uh, you won't find too many lay people. But no, that's uh, in in Buddhist cultures. They often have people just reciting the Buddhist teachings and thinking that somehow that makes them a true Buddhist. As I said, you can call yourself Buddhist, that's no problem. But do you live by the Dhamma just because you recite the Buddha's teachings? No. No, you're called Sajjaya Bahulo. No Dhammuhyari. Then we have Yatha Sutang Yatha Pariyatang Dhammang Jetasa anuvita keti anuvicharyati manasa anupekati. They think, they go over the Dhamma in their mind, the Dhamma which they've heard, which they've learned. They mull it over, they consider the Dhamma, ponder it. They stay up all night thinking about. What did he mean by non-self? What happens to an arahant after death? They think of these things. Some people think about the Dhamma a lot and they think, wow, you know, I'm really into this Buddha, Buddhism stuff. And they think about it. And they said, no, there's such a person, bhikkhu vitaka bahulo no dhammahihari. Vitaka means mental activity. That's four, no? And the fifth one, and the fifth one, it's important to note that the fifth type of person, Dhammang Pariyapunati, they do still learn the Dhamma thoroughly. Sutta, Gaya, Vyakarana, and so on. They learn all the parts. So that's um, that's necessary. Learning the Dhamma is a necessary thing. So Daya Dhamma Pariyatiya Nat Diva Sangatinamiti. They don't let the days pass them by. Diva Sangatinamiti literally means letting the days letting the days pass one by. Or the day, really. They don't let a day pass them by. Mm. 
They don't neglect. Rinchati means to abandon or leave. They don't leave their solitude. Constantly in solitude. They stay to themselves. It's an important, important thing to remember that really the, the core of Buddhism has to be practiced alone. It has to be practiced in seclusion. Can't. It isn't a social thing. It's not something you get passed on by your teacher. It doesn't come from sitting here listening to the Dhamma. Unless your mind is secluded, if you're living in your universe, listening to this, saying, hearing, hearing, or noting the experiences. Being here is not to practice of the Dhamma. This is the learning part. And what else? Anu yunjati ajatang jeto samatang. They cultivate or they commit themselves they set themselves ajatang jeto samatang on inner tranquility of mind this is samatha practice to calm the mind to quiet the mind right. this is the cultivation of tranquility and that's the first sutta if you go to the second sutta that last one is replaced with Uttarichasapanyaya Atampajanati. So you have to put these two together. Um, or you have to understand them as referring to each other. That actually tranquility and insight ultimately um, ultimately are the same thing. In the sense that tranquility, true tranquility can only come through insight. And true insight is hand in hand with tranquility or you could say requires tranquility they have to come together so you can talk about one without talking about the other and the other is implied I think is the point so the next sutta says uttari jasapanyaya atang pajanati pajanati one knows thoroughly pajanati is panya it's the same word as it's the verb for the noun panya which means wisdom so one gains wisdom or thorough knowledge, complete, uh, true knowledge, uttari, that is higher, asa, no, higher, uttari, that is higher, panyaya, with wisdom. No, I'm not translating this right. Gains wisdom of the meaning, asa, of those dhammas, uttari, that is higher or with higher panyaya with panyaya wisdom one gains a knowledge of those dhammas that is higher higher than the dhamma higher than learning the dhamma and they do it with wisdom so with wisdom they cultivate higher knowledge It's a, an important point in the Buddhist teaching. It's something we go over. It's something that's common knowledge. And those who study Buddhism, that there are really two kinds of knowledge, two kinds of understanding. Lower understanding is just this intellectual. I mean, this sutta sums it up quite well. 
But all the learning, all the studying, all the teaching, all the memorizing, all the reciting, all the thinking doesn't get past this lower knowledge, lower understanding. But there's a higher understanding that goes beyond intellectual acceptance and intellectual comprehension of, of statements. You talk about impermanence. Oh yes, I can understand that. I'm impermanent. Everything's impermanent. I can explain to you how you're impermanent. When you meditate, boy, you see impermanence. It's a whole different kettle of fish. So the Buddha explains in these two powerful suttas who is someone who really lives by the Dhamma and then he says I've taught you, I've taught you now these five types of people yanko bhikkave satara karaniyang savakanam hitesina anukampakena anukampang upadaya katang votang maya that which by a teacher should be done for their students out of desire, compassion for their well-being having given rise to compassion katang votang maya that done done is that for you by me no, done is that for you by me I've done that for you and and then he says etani bikwe rukumulani over there are or here are tree roots etani sunyagarani here are empty rooms we've got four empty rooms downstairs jayata bikwe mapamadatha meditate o bikus don't be negligent mapacha vipatisari no ahuvata don't become one who is sorry, regretful, remorseful later on. Ayang wo amhakang anusasani. This is a really good Buddha quote. No? That which a teacher. He's saying, I've taught you all you need to know. You have all the knowledge you need. Go meditate. Go learn this. Learn the truth of the things that I say. Because simple knowledge won't protect you. It won't prepare you for life, for truth, for reality. Only true knowledge and understanding will do that. Proper practice, cultivation of meditation. So... That's our Dhamma for tonight. And we're going to go on to... We have two questions. I deleted a couple. They were relating to other spiritual practices. and I'm not really up to commenting on that sort of thing. So we have two left. Would you do the honor, Robin? I would. Yeah, I, I think we, we probably both are clicking on it. No, I haven't clicked yet. Oh, okay. But I can. No, no, I can't. Yeah. Doesn't work. I think it goes stale if you leave this tab open for too long. 
That could be. We have to file a bug report, maybe. Would considering having children be courting trouble if there is no desire for procreation, but because I'm afraid? Oh, sorry. My screen just went blank there. Hmm. Um, I think the rest of it was don't want to necessarily procreate, but I'm afraid I'll be lonely in my old age. Lonely and alone. Yes, I mean, any kind of fear or any kind of neurosi neurosis um, should not be encouraged. It's a habit. And so, whatever you do to feed into it and to... Um, nourish it to well to, to assuage it, right? Nourishes it. It actually ends up promoting it. So that's the trouble that you get into there. I mean you're not ever going to come to terms with your fear uh, or loneliness. And of course having children is so much more than uh, assuaging your lone loneliness. There's so much more trouble involved with having children. So there's a lot of it's a, that you're opening a Pandora's box of sorts. Now it says the server is unavailable. We got some troubles. Our website is down. Are you getting this? Um, I was. That's when my screen went blank, but now, now it's working again. I'm getting a 503 error. That's what I had before when I started. Um, capacity problems. I think we have to increase the capacity. Ah, okay. We have to talk to our IT team and get us a higher tier or something. Okay. I don't even know what service this is on. This is on a special service. I think we have to start. We have to upgrade it. Is, is that the DigitalOcean? No, I don't think it is actually. I think it's something else. Okay. I know, I know we have a contract with DigitalOcean. We do, but that's for. It's the hosting. Actually, I'm not sure what that's for. Oh, yeah, that is for. Okay. It's yeah. web hosting, yeah. So we have to. Maybe that is what this is on. I don't actually know. Thank you for the opportunity for the QA session, Bhante. Do we. Do enlightened beings absolve bad karma? If someone were to lightly assault an enlightened being, would that bad karma be absolved? No, that would be worse karma. You assault an enlightened being, oh, that's quick road to hell. Yeah, it's actually the danger of hanging out with enlightened people. <laughs> Greater potential for evil. Do something bad to, a, to an enlightened being? hard to recover from. How could you get angry at an enlightened being? That's that the would, thing. That's the that thing. <laughs> Who could want to harm such a pure individual? You'd have to have a fairly corrupt mind. Do Theravada Buddhists acknowledge Amitabha Buddha claims and aspire to be reborn in Pure Land? No. Why would we? Uh, I mean, I guess people who don't know the differences in Buddhism. No, Amitabha Buddha, I mean, it's one thing, something I actually can talk about. I was arguing with the Chinese monk again, this my friend, 
Jintong uh, or Ivan, the abbot of the monastery in downtown Toronto. We're just having a joking argument about whose Buddhism is better. And uh, they really are smug, you know. They say we d we just don't understand their 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 suttas. They understand all of ours. No, they don't. But they think they understand all of ours, but we don't understand all of theirs. He's a little bit smug. Sorry, I shouldn't say bad things about people. But, uh, anyway, we were talking about this. Talking about... Uh, actually, he's not pure land. But we were talking about these sorts of things. He says he wants to be born in the pure land. but he d ah, So he, he, he aspires to be reborn in the pure land, but he doesn't recite Amitabha Buddha. So I guess, yes, he does. This is the sort of thing we were talking about. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a way a far and left field concept, this idea of Amitabha Buddha. The idea that there is a... I mean, it just smacks of, of this was made up, right? So you start out with a teaching of a Buddha that is teaching people to become enlightened, right? Here and now. Then that Buddha passes away, and there's no Buddha here, so you you revert to deism or theism, theism really. Well, these Buddhas didn't actually go into nibbana; they're hanging out in Pure Land. Well, and each Buddha has their own Pure Land, yeah. and they've made vows to save us all. Because that's what Buddhas do, they hang around, they hang out in samsara. It's just not my cup of tea. I'm not Theravada Buddhism. Not even, I mean, I don't know. It's very different from the Buddhism that I know. Yeah. Have you considered adding the sutta numbers to the YouTube title? It would make it easier to figure out which videos I have watched and which I haven't. I can live stream only two talks a week because of my schedule. That's a good idea. I wish I could let other people in to edit my videos. Someone else could do it for me. But to go back and do all the ones I've already done, maybe not. But yeah, it's something I probably should have been doing. Or is it possible to let people know ahead of time which ones you will be? Which suttas you will I be? I mean, I have to set the title before I broadcast anyway, so I can just include the the, the number. I was wondering yeah. about actually reading the sutta before we heard the Dhamma talk. Or do you kind of pick them out at the last minute? I, um, no, well, um, yeah, sort of last minute. But um, there, this person is... I guess when you go to YouTube, it's not clear, but they're in they're in chronological order. Uh, there's some way to get them in chronological order. Uh, there should be, maybe not. But if you just there kind is. Of upload it, yeah. it'll, it'll order them according to date, and um, that's really the way you would do it. I know YouTube is not incredibly user friendly in that way. It's limited in term f for our purposes. I mean, maybe someone could go through and 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 make links to them on a on a wiki or something, 
Maybe that would work better. Thanks for the answer. Why is there so much division among different Buddhism versions? Because there's there's our Buddhism, which is correct, and then there's all those other Buddhisms that that are wrong. That's that's why. It's not a very good answer, but um, that's maybe the short answer. There are some other Buddhisms out there that I would say are are okay. You know, they're teaching okay things, but. Today, the big problem, I mean, it's, it's not even one that, from my point of view, requires much, um, you know, has much room for controversy. The on, only Theravada Buddhism, Theravada Buddhism is the only one of, because it, it was different in India. In India, there were, in the time that Theravada Buddhism was, was growing, there were many other schools that had different cla they claimed you know this was the Buddhist teaching and, and they had different texts and different commentaries so that's one thing but Theravada Buddhism is the only one of all the Buddhist schools that sticks to those old teachings all the other groups add teachings on that it's really hard to believe were taught by the historic Buddha. Very few scholars have a sense that they're even, you know, even even just altered teachings. That there's a sense, I think, among scholars. Not that that says anything. Academic scholars, but it does say something. I mean, impartial observers. It's really hard to stomach the idea that these suttas are. are, are original especially with the origin stories of them being hidden and then you know, rise, uh, coming up later considering how different they are from the earlier teachings which actually have some potential of being something that was taught by the Buddha or, or at the very least a um, codification or an extrapolation of something the Buddha actually said a standardization um, and, and so all schools, most schools tend to recognize these old texts, but then they add something. They add all this other stuff. And the stuff that they add is usually very different from the original. It's, um, it, the quality of it is different. So anyone who's, most Theravada Buddhists who have studied Mahayana Buddhism or other types of Buddhism, will just tell you, you know, this stuff that they say was written by the Buddha, was said by the Buddha, it's, it's quite different from the original stuff hard to believe that it was written it was spoken by the same person it's describing the same group of people because like you've got Sariputta dancing and that kind of thing it's just bizarre some of the things that uh, these other suttas claim <laughs> as for Theravada, Theravada Buddhists to think of Sariputta dancing and talking about how bummed out he was before he heard this new sutta <laughs> it's just like wow how 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 far can you get from the original teachings? There can be big differences with monastics as well. I, I go to some local Mahayana 
uh, centers, basically to get together with friends. We go for meditation events at different centers. We were at one this morning, and in this tradition, um, Korean Zen, the monks are married. I, I believe they only hold the five precepts. I don't believe they hold mm. anything other than the ordinary five precepts. Um, well, they marry, they, they work, they handle money, um, they have families. It's mm. a whole different thing. But so that's that's the expression of religion. I mean, yes, probably that has something to do with some texts, but more modern texts. It's hard to go by that because even in even in many Mahayana countries, there are monks. Like we were talking about this as well in Taiwan. Even there are some Mahayana monasteries that, and there have always been in Chinese Buddhism these groups who actually kept the original precepts, which actually in Mahayana are very similar to Theravada precepts. It's just most of them don't keep it. But but in general, in regards to practice of the Dhamma or practice of the Vinaya, it's hard to go by that because it's so diverse. In Thailand, there's a lot of monks who don't even keep five precepts. I mean, well, not op openly they pretend to, but... Um, I think the only real way to describe the difference is to go by the text. As far as Buddhism goes, it's a text-based religion. It has texts that are understood to be canonical. Now, Zen might uh, argue against that and say, no, it was handed down from teacher to teacher. There's a strong lineage, and you've got the patriarchs. I don't know what the word would be, but you know, I guess we use the word patriarchs. They have passed it on, and it's a transmission thing. So, or whatever. That's also very different from what we understand. Well, somewhat different. Anyway. Can we do walking and then meditation on death during sitting? You can do whatever you want. It's a free world. The samsara is your oyster. It's not what I teach, but... Unless you're referring to momentary death. In which case, yes, that's what we do. We focus on the momentary born and birth and death, birth and death. Every moment. When a monk becomes ill and decides to accept their possible death instead of seeking treatment, would they be making bad karma? Not necessarily. Karma is momentary. So if they have moments of greed, anger, or delusion, that would be bad karma. There's nothing inherently... There's no inherent necessity... It doesn't necessitate those mind states to refuse treatment, necessarily. There are probably situations where it would, where you'd just be being stubborn because people were trying to treat you or there was simple treatment and you refused it. I think if there are cases where that would be stubbornness and ego and, and delusion, attachment, maybe aversion to life, that kind of You're all caught up on questions on the website, Bhante. I just have mm. a 
a simple one. Are you still going to New York City next weekend? Yes. So you have two, two events that are open to people to attend? Yes, on the 8th and the 9th. It's kind of one event, I think, the two days. I'm not sure, actually. Okay. Maybe it'll be different people, different days. But, uh, yeah, two-day day meditation courses. on the 8th and the 9th of October New York City and then I'll be at my father's so I might just take a week off broadcasting yeah I probably will but I have to be back Thursday because this is a special 6 day hmm yeah. it's interesting I may have to return to the monastery on the 10th because that's one because it's during the rains right and during the rains I, can, I can't just leave um, and uh, so I may have to come back on the 10th so then I can go for another 7 day we only have 7 days periods that we can leave I'll go another 7 day period to see my father which is also an exception that's allowed Where can we get more information about your New York City Vitsa? Uh, you can go on Facebook, so they have something called Buddhist Insights. I think, which I'm not sure. Look up Buddhist Insights in New York. Yeah, I think you put it on your page as well. I think I did. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's called Buddhist Insights. It's in New York, New York. You look them up and you can see what they're doing. They're trying to start a meditation center, trying to find a home. And they'll be advertising it in the coming days. Okay, well that's all for tonight then. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you, Robin, for your help. Have a good night, everyone. Thank you, Bhante. Good night.